You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, and oh boy. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot of news that came out yesterday. We're going to break it all down. It has to do with the NBA and their bubble and the return to play in Orlando. We've got all of the rules. The The NBA sent out a 113-page document on all of this. So I will let you know where the Pelicans are staying, how things are looking, how things are going to go. Let's just dive right into all of it in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, so the NBA released a 113-page rule book. I don't don't even know what you'd call it, tome uh, of stuff regarding coronavirus, the return to play in Orlando, including a lot of the specific details on everything that's going on. There's a lot to pull out of there. If you really want to know some of the specific minutia related things, go look at that. Um, and some of the stuff that's being reported on it. I'll run through some of the key things though. This is like the need to know information for it. So starting, we're, we're in phase one of everything where players are reporting to home markets right now. If they were an international player overseas, they had to have been back on the 15th. So a couple of days ago, June 22nd is the deadline for players to report to their home market, their home city. So Everyone who's going to potentially be on the Pelicans roster in Orlando needs to be here in New Orleans by the 22nd. Uh, The Toronto Raptors, given some of the issues with them being outside of the country in Canada, they're not going to report to Toronto. They're going to report to Florida Gulf Coast University, and that's going to be their home base during all of this, just to make things a little bit easier. June 23rd through 30th, players begin being tested for COVID-19 every other day. Basically, they've got to pass COVID tests, um, two tests within uh, 24 out more than 24 hours apart from each other. That's kind of a big thing. You get some pre-workouts in all of this stuff. Individual voluntary workouts is the key. Um, head coaches not there for anything either. Um, and so some of these guys can show up, they cannot show up, but there's still those social distancing rules, a lot of the guidelines and all of the stuff that we've talked about already that some of the players are going through here at the team's facility out in Metairie and Kenner. So that's where they are. Then the big deadline, June 24th, June 25th, This is a big one, and this ties into what we talked about on Monday. Deadline for players to inform their teams whether they plan to participate in the return to play or not. So there's ways that players can go about this, and we've heard some players maybe aren't going to play, and maybe they want to sit out, and they don't want to participate in this activity in the return to play. They'd rather be uh, on the front lines of protests, whatever the reason is, or they're worried about coronavirus, whatever it is, 
It is one okay for players to sit out and to not do this. Um, but if you make that choice, nothing's going to be held against you. In theory, there's supposed to be no sorts of repercussions or anything like that. Uh, but if you do that, player salary is going to be reduced basically by one game check for each game a player will misses, uh, miss up to a maximum of 14 game checks. So even if you go beyond that and make the NBA finals, you're only going to miss 14 game checks. Essentially, it comes to 192.6 is what they're saying it'll be if a player misses games. That's what they're missing per game. Some players are going to be considered excused players, players uh, who a panel of three medical experts determine have a higher risk for severe illness for COVID-19. They are going to be excused they will not miss game checks then. So I think that means it's an okay thing. Um, but some will just not be there, or it's protected, one of the two. There's excused and protected. They're kind of being used interchangeably in all of this. Some guys will maybe not get paid. Some will get paid depending on the situation. If they voluntarily leave, it's okay. After that, you move into phase three, and this is going to be July 1st through, we're not, you know, entirely sure, through 11th, let's say. This is mandatory team workout. So everything is building up to that July 1st date when players will be in their facilities going through mandatory workouts with the head coach present and everything that kind of comes with that. They are trying to get to that point if you're the NBA without a positive COVID-19 test. And if you get that, immediately sequester that guy so that someone coming into an environment where there's going to be more players around and potential for the infection to spread even easier, that you avoid that situation because that can compromise this whole thing. So that is kind of the key date to see if things are going to work or not. That July 1 date through maybe going through the 11th or so. Group workouts are not going to be a thing during that time, but individuals with the head coach um, is going to be able to participate. It. You can still only have eight players permitted in the team's facility at any one time. After that, phase four a and this is when teams go to Walt Disney World and what's kind of being like a bit of a summer camp vibe to everything. We got the hotels on all of this. Um, and so before we end this this first part of the segment, this is probably going to be like the next uh, third and or the second and third segment of everything. So um, the there, there's three resorts they're staying in. The top teams in the league, uh, you know, in terms of seating, and this is how they're breaking it down, are staying at the Grand Destino, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Nuggets, the Jazz, and a couple of other teams are in there staying there. These are the teams that they expect to go further into the playoffs. The next resort, hotel, whatever you want to call it, the Grand Destino, those are the teams that are still in the playoffs as well, but maybe going to get bounced out in the first round, something like that. Um, and then you have the Yacht Club. And this is where the Pelicans are staying, and this is the eighth-seeded teams. You have all the teams that are not in the playoffs and fighting for the eighth spot there, including the Washington Wizards, the San Antonio Spurs, the Pelicans, the Suns, the Kings, uh, the Portland, the Portland Trailblazers. Memphis is staying in the other hotel. Uh, they're not, or no, Memphis is in this one. I forget. And there are. This is 
where they're basically thinking they'll shut this hotel down, this resort down when all of these teams get bounced out and when their season ends. Um, so you can see why they're doing this. They want to try and keep everything as easy as possible. And having three resorts is a lot. And so if teams get bounced out or they don't make it in, some of these teams are going to go home that you can easily just kind of shut that hotel down and maybe move a team. And then the teams at the top, the ones expected to go farther and be there the longest will have the least amount of sort of disruption to them all. This is kind of a fun idea for future seasons. If you're a team that's not in the playoffs, but maybe fighting for eighth, you are a yacht club team from here on out where you're hopefully going to be using this in like 2025 maybe not about the pelicans hopefully by then the pelicans will be a grand destino team and then those teams that are in the playoffs but not going anywhere you could probably consider the grand floridian team it's kind of funny how they broke this down and from just doing some research on this and my god people have takes on walt disney world in orlando properties hot takes on all of that and very strong takes and strong opinions on it uh yacht club not the nicest so that's kind of disappointing and some of the other ones seem a little bit better but still so we'll go into some more stuff of what goes on once teams arrive at walt disney world here in the next segment so today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Maybe you're trying to save a little bit of money and do some work on your car yourself, or you're restoring something a little bit older and it can be tough to find parts for it. With an ever increasing number of makes and models out there, it's basically impossible to find what you need at any of the big auto parts chain stores. So if you go in there and try and talk to someone, they're not going to know the specific part you need. Does your master cylinder, and I went through this recently, uh, have power brakes or no power brakes? And that's going to change which one you need. You don't want to rely on someone who doesn't know that. And rockauto.com, the online auto parts store, makes it super easy to find the exact part you're looking for. And best of all, they're probably going to have it in stock. Sometimes for different cars, it can be tough to find a part with all those different makes and models out there. Rockauto.com is a catalog that is unique and remarkably easy to navigate to find the exact part you're looking for. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and for the same and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same part trust me i'm doing this right now i'm ordering a radiator for a car from 1976 it's not exactly easy to find it rockauto.com had it and for cheaper than i've seen anywhere else with any of these things so it's making me feel good about my very expensive purchase for this sort of thing but at least i'm saving a good bit of money and not overpaying for this sort of thing so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right so we know where the pelicans are staying all the teams now on this timeline or in orlando what kind of work? So how they get there in the first place, by the way, is they're taking either a chartered flight or bus to Orlando on a staggered basis, I guess just in case, which if you look at some of the news coming out of Florida and Orlando, it's not great. So staggered basis definitely seems like the correct arrival. Once they get there, players and team staff have to stay isolated in their rooms until they return two negative coronavirus tests at least 24 hours apart. It is not that long nasal swab test that feels like it goes into your brain. It's like the short one. Um and maybe they're going to do, and they can do a blood test too. Um, and then, then things get a little interesting once they're in Orlando. So it's like summer camp. You've got set, you know, you'll have room service, food on on the campus and in the bubble and all of that. And then uh, you've got rooms set up for NBA 2K TVs. There's lounges. They specifically mentioned ping pong. You cannot play doubles in ping pong though. You can only play singles because social distancing rules and all of that. Um, and so it'll be okay. You know, it's not great that you're going to be stuck there for that long. You 
even if it could be fun and sounds great to you or I. Um, but when they get there, players will have the option to wear a proximity alarm that will notify a player if he spends more than five seconds within six feet of another person on campus who is also wearing alarm, which is kind of like, yeah, it makes sense, but also kind of nuts to me a little bit too. Um, and so all team and league staff, excluding referees, must wear the alarm, but it's optional for players. A big part of this now too is certain Disney staff will not be required to reside at the NBA campus and will not undergo coronavirus testing. So maybe the people that are changing, you know, doing room service, changing sheets, uh, you know, the turn down service, all of that, but they're going to be screened each day to take their temperature and check for symptoms. Everyone must wear a mask at all times while they're there, unless they're doing a workout or engaged in, in physical activity outdoors. That's not within six feet of another person. Um, um, if they're alone in the room, that's completely fine. They will do random, random anti-drug testing, but only for PEDs and diuretics. They are not doing anything for recreational substances, weed. But if you get caught with some of that stuff, there is still some disciplinary action. But uh, if you get, you know, if you get drug tested and test positive for weed, they're not going to care. Even cocaine, I guess, too, would would be fine during something like this. So. Um, it's kind of nice to see uh, that they're not trying to like narc, narc on people a little bit. There is a narc line, though. There is a line that you can call in anonymously to report violations to anything going on, which you've got to wonder if like an opposing player might call that on a team that they're playing at some point just to mess with them a little bit. Or if they do see something, see if it gives them a competitive advantage. So once they're there and you hit phase 4B, so basically once everyone tests negative for coronavirus essentially at this point, you may engage in group workouts, practices, weight training meetings, and other team activities. They're going to be also allowed to conduct individual on and off court workouts or drills under supervision of the team staff. COVID-19 testing will continue with regular testing, daily temperature checks, symptom surveys, and pulse oximet they, they attach a thing to your finger to check oxygen levels. I'm not going to try and pronounce it. There's also another device that they can wear that is a ring that is that wearable technology that you know, some players use around the league now too to measure sleep patterns, all of that. We've talked about it here because the Pelicans use that a lot. And it's going to be used to check if you have a fever, if you're having trouble breathing, all of those sorts of things that could potentially you know, let you know and tip you off that there are COVID-19 symptoms here. Teams will not get access to this data, like check on players or anything like that. It's simply to try and get a heads up or an advanced notification that there are COVID-19 symptoms present a little bit in some of these NBA players. There's some other things that go into the chefs and off-campus food and all of that. Basically, no one's going to get a pizza delivered here, which might give you flu-like symptoms the day before a game. Um, if you have a bunch of people hanging out in a room and only one person eats that pizza at like two in the morning, if you're Michael Jordan. So phase five is still going to be before games start. We're now into July 22nd through 29th. Teams will play three scrimmage games against other NBA teams residing in their hotel. I don't think these will be televised, but that would be cool. They're going to just be kind of simulated games to see how guys are doing, kind of get them into the swing of things. And then you can start to socialize 
with players and team staff from hotels other than the one in which they are residing. Um, but as before, players are not permitted to enter each other's hotel rooms due to infection concerns. Then you get phase six, which is the eight seeding games, the potential for the play-in tournament as well. Um, and then if you are bounced out, you immediately depart the NBA's campus unless you test positive for coronavirus. Player guests, this is where things get a little bit interesting. Each team that advances past the first round of the playoffs can resume one additional hotel room that the player pays for for guests. Whether that's their family, whether it's them trying to throw all of their different girlfriends into a room at once and see how that goes, we don't know just yet. But player guests, if you leave the campus, you're not allowed back in. Players, if you leave the campus, which is highly discouraged, you have to go through a quarantine process. You may miss games. You may miss game checks if you do that. So that's kind of where things stand when it comes to the logistics of it. There's ways this could blow open, but overall, once you kind of start to see how it all works, it's not horrible. It seems like it could make sense and it could work. This is very far from normal. This is not like the rest of the company reopening or company country reopening. I want to touch on that in the next segment with something that Adam Silver said yesterday. So before we get to all of that, today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that basically tastes like a candy bar. They are delicious. I eat these daily as lunch, as a meal replacement after a workout when you just need to get a little bit of protein and kind of keep you going. They're low calorie, high in protein, high in fiber, and they absolutely taste delicious. They are chewy. They are not chalky. They are covered in 100% real chocolate as well. These things are absolutely fantastic. And right now they're doing a great thing. They are retooling the formula. I already really like these, so I'm excited about the new formula and the new bars that they're going to come out with, but that means they've got to get rid of 8 million other bars right now, and so they're up to 50% off everything in the Built Bar store, everything, and the best part of this is all profits are going to be donated to Black Lives Matter charities. This is really cool as they make way for a new and improved Built Bar, even though they're already really great. I recently reordered, I plan on stocking up two now, since I'm going to get them a little bit cheaper, and I really like these things. Uh, so this is awesome. I'm going to order some more of the peanut butter ones. That's kind of my like new favorite flavor for all of these. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on for $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code locked on over at builtbar.com for $10 off. Okay, so wrapping up today's show, talking about the NBA's return in Orlando. Again, we got a 113-page document, or there's a 113-page document out there that was sent to teams regarding all of this. So we've kind of gone over the basics, the timeline, the schedule, all of that. Like, it all makes sense. We all knew this was coming. But Adam Silver spoke yesterday that I thought was a little bit interesting, and he talked about how the NBA isn't going to make as much money as people think. We've said, follow the money. There's so much money at stake that we think the league's going to keep playing. But he goes, look, there really isn't that much money here at stake in all of this. We're spending a tremendous amount of money to just put this on in Orlando to make this happen in the first place. And yes, that makes a ton of sense. I don't think any of us are thinking differently on that. But here's the thing with that, you know, and, and Adam Silver has talked about how he wants the, you know, the NBA to be at the, the forefront of helping the country reopen, show how things can be done and all of that. And he kind of makes this to be out to be this kind of altruistic, virtuous thing, noble cause that they're doing, which like, yes, to a point. But also there's money at stake. And even if you're making a 1% profit as opposed to the 30% profit that you're making before, you're, you're a business, you're a company. Of course, 1% is better than no percent, isn't it? 
And so I think that's where his argument that, you know, this isn't just about playing basketball and recouping money that it kind of falls apart a little bit. There's also TV contracts that if they don't do this, maybe they go after the league and try and get some of that money back for not fulfilling their obligations. And that could cause other issues too. So maybe this isn't about making money. Maybe it's about preventing even more money from being lost and lawsuits coming your way from the league's TV partners. Not saying that that's the case, but I think that's certainly a factor into all of this. So it's something to keep in mind. I also think that this is the league trying to head off players sitting out who are being led by Kyrie Irving and some others, Avery Bradley too, uh, as well as Dwight Howard from sitting out games to go focused on social justice issues, thinking that they can make more of an impact in the moment out on the front lines than playing basketball. And then we talked about this on Monday and I get both sides. And as a white man, it's not my place to say what's best for this cause. I'm going to default to the players and listen to them. And I think there's Two really good ideas out there. Two different sides that kind of are mutually exclusive from each other, I think, a little bit. But I think it's okay either way. But the league sent out a memo to all 30 teams saying that they are going to put social justice issues right at the forefront of when the league returns. Basically saying the players are going to be able to do what they want. And I wonder if Adam Silver you know, is coming out and doing all of this stuff to try and head off players not coming to Orlando or not playing in this sort of thing saying we will do whatever you want and I do wonder if some of the players kind of said all of the stuff about sitting out to basically force the NBA's hand to let them do what they want which is a very effective tactic you're seeing it across all sports particularly in college football too right now that players are realizing they have more power than ever before and I think that's uh, a really great thing. You, They rarely have leverage. Now all of a sudden they realize they have some leverage and the power that they truly do have over these owners and the rest of the league and they're starting to exercise that. It's a great thing. I'm decidedly pro players for the most part on things. So I think this is really cool that they're all doing it. So I wonder if this was to force the NBA's hand of like, you've got to let us make demonstrations. You all need to let us talk and all of that. Again, I think it falls apart because when we talk the next day on this podcast about a game and maybe the player spent two hours after the game talking to the media about social justice issues, we're going to key in on one or two things about what happened on the court. And that's going to hurt and detract from their cause. So I get the side of guys wanting to sit out. But if the NBA is going to find a happy medium on this, maybe allow them all to really uh, do what they think is right to further the cause and to further fight racial injustice and inequality, I think that's a really great thing. But let's not pretend that that's the sole reason why the NBA is coming back to play. The wheels were in motion for all of this before the protests and the killing of George Floyd happened. So it's not that they're doing it for this. It can, they can both exist together, I certainly think, but this is still, still about the money, no matter how much Adam Silver is going to try and spin it. But that can be okay. It can be about the money and you can still do a lot of good while it's still about the money or preventing lawsuits or different things like that. But I'm not going to believe that this is the most altruistic thing. There's good things coming out of this. People are going to go back to work at Walt Disney World and make money, which is, you know, can be a difficult thing during this time of coronavirus. So there's a lot of good coming out of it. But it doesn't mean they're doing this, you know, deep down as the main reason for like those type of reasons. So I think it's a bit of spin. But you know what? There is benefits for a lot of people of the NBA coming back. So cool. We'll all be fine with it. But just be a little bit honest with us, I think. Adam Silver, come on. Uh, so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. 
Don't forget, tell your smart device to play Hollinger and Duncan. Get John Hollinger on there, former front office executive with the Memphis Grizzlies, also creator of PER as well for his insight on the NBA, exclusively part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all on Friday.